The first reading this morning is a translation of Psalm 139 by Pamela Greenberg. God, you have searched out my deepest places. You know what lies in my depth. You know my sitting down and rising up. You know how to shepherd me from afar. My paths and night thoughts, you sift through them. From front and behind, you encompassed me. You laid your hand upon me in protection. Where can I hide from your breath? From before your presence, where can I flee? I ascend to heaven, there you are. If I lie down in the grave, behold, you are there too. Our second reading this morning is from the Palestinian-American poet Naomi Shihab Nye, called The Art of Disappearing. When they say, don't I know you, say no. When they invite you to the party, remember what parties are like before answering. Someone telling you in a loud voice they once wrote a poem, greasy sausage balls on a paper plate, then reply. If they say, we should get together, say why. (laughs) It's not that you don't love them anymore. You're trying to remember something too important to forget. Trees, the monastery bell at twilight. Tell them you have a new project. It will never be finished. (laughs) When someone recognizes you in a grocery store, nod briefly and become a cabbage. When someone you haven't seen in 10 years appears at the door, don't start singing him all your new songs. You will never catch up. Walk around feeling like a leaf. Know you could tumble any second. Then decide what to do with your time. I've been thinking a lot about a year ago, and I just want to say how amazing it is and what a privilege it is to serve as your senior minister, what a joy this is, and this tie actually is the tie I wore one year ago on this Sunday. So it's my piece of connecting with that day and that experience and what we are doing uh, together. The ministry we are doing and growing into together is amazing. I recently read a story about a woman who went back to her 30th high school reunion. I want to share her words because they're powerful words. These are her words. She says, I was there with my sister since we had gone to high school together, gone through high school together. At first, I didn't see anyone I knew, but finally I recognized a name, someone I'd spent two years with in after-school programs. Lisa, I said to her, and she seemed to recognize me instantly. We jumped up and down together gleefully. And as an aside, I guess I'll just say that's what you do at high school reunions. I haven't been yet, but apparently there's gleeful... 
gleeful jumping up and down. I don't know. I think she stops jumping when then this next part happens. She says, we began to reminisce about various shared experiences and showed each other pictures of husbands and children. Lisa then turned to my sister, and the conversation was short and to the point. And then Lisa said to my sister, so where's your sister? Is she here? My heart sank. Lisa had been talking to me all that time and did not know who I was. Jarring, isn't it? When we realize the person we're talking to has no clue who we are. We want to be known, recognized, seen, certainly by acquaintances and, and casual friends and with our closest friends, those we trust, those we are vulnerable with, those who know something of what lies in the depths of who we are, the joy and the heartbreak, we want them to know us. Think of the key moments, the key friendship moments in your life. The day you got the news, that you had landed the job, and you called the friend who understood the journey you'd been through, the resumes you'd sent out, the challenges you'd faced, the rejection letters you'd received, and they could share in that joy with you. Or when you finally, finally made the decision to leave the relationship or marriage. Or maybe you were left. And you had to reach out to a friend to name that reality, to say, I've done it. Or, this hurts so much. Or when you finally hit bottom, couldn't go any lower and you entered rehab or a 12-step program whatever it was you had to do to save your life and you told someone you were serious really serious this time and they believed you and supported you and you're sober and clean now or the time you found out you were cancer free, or had just received news that the cancer was back, and you reached out to friends, those who knew your fears and yearnings. Good friends are those who know us, who hold us accountable to our best selves, are loyal to the friendship, and can speak the truth in love to us. They can say, you should leave the relationship. Or, I know how much this matters to you, this job, this opportunity, this new chapter in your life. Being known anchors and grounds us. And some of us find great comfort in being known by that which we would call God, by that which creates and sustains life, that source of love that invites us to love the world in turn, in all its beauty and brokenness. In fact, David, the great king of ancient Israel and possible author of many of the 150 psalms, these poems of longing and hope and praise, he finds strength and comfort in imagining that his struggles and thoughts are known 
by God. You have searched out my deepest places. You know what lies in my depths. My night thoughts, you sift through them. For many, there is incredible comfort in this idea of being known and embraced by what religious mystics might call the great friend. Now, I realize some of you may be squirming in your pews and not because they're hard, though, though they are. I've sat in them. But because you're feeling queasy, perhaps, about the notion of any kind of God, knowing any of your inner thoughts, perhaps you're thinking, hmm, I don't want to be known by that God, or not really sure I even believe in God, whatever that word means. And frankly, I'm not sure I want to be known by a lot of other people, really. And in fact, I'm not a big fan of that introduction piece at the front of the service we do. <laughs> you're private. You don't want to be known. I get it. And in fact, I invite all of you to stop and think for a minute about all the ways we really don't want to be known. Think of the secrets we carry, the addictions we have not yet faced or confessed, the awful family secrets that weigh like lead on our hearts. The times we've been unfaithful to our deepest values. The shame we so often carry, the feeling that on some level, some fundamental part of us is flawed, is broken. And if that were known, if that were known, it wouldn't be the end of the world, I promise you, but the feeling is that that would be horrible. And there are practical reasons for not wanting to be known. It takes emotional energy to open up to another, and it's risky business to trust. Trust can be broken or betrayed. And if this has happened to you, you understand why Dante, the Italian poet of the Middle Ages, in his writing, he reserved the innermost circle of hell for the notorious betrayers. Those who betrayed another, Judas and Brutus and Cassius, because a friend is supposed to be loyal and to have your back. These might be extreme examples, but there are costs to being known, so it's no wonder that at times we avoid it. And it's in the context of this avoidance that we turn to Naomi Shihab Nye's poem, The Art of Disappearing. The opening line grabs us, doesn't it? When they say, don't I know you, say no. <laughs> turn down the invitation to connect. The poet suggests that there is a cost to saying yes. Yes puts you in a relationship or conversation that may not be worth the time or energy or effort. Yes can pull you away from yourself. When they say, don't I know you, say no. When they invite you to the party, remember what parties are like before answering. Someone telling you in a loud voice they once wrote a poem. Greasy sausage balls on a paper plate. 
and surely from the giggles I hear, many of us have been at this party. <laughs> the one where we're wondering, why and how did I get here as we hold that droopy plate of food and people talk at us rather than with us? Not all invitations are equal, says the poet. When they invite you to the party, remember what parties are like. When someone recognizes you in a grocery store, nod briefly and become a cabbage. Do not engage. Turn inward. Wrap yourself in layers. Dig down to the core of your own longing. It's not that you don't love them anymore. It's just that you're trying to remember things. What? What? Are you trying to remember? The poet says trees and the monastery bell at twilight. What are you trying to remember? Is it the sound of laughter? Of laughter of a loved one long gone or laughter of a child? Or the first words of a child? Or the moment death first entered your awareness when you lost an animal or a loved one and the world shifted? An existential place opened up, a room opened up in your heart? Or are you trying to remember the snow falling lightly around you as you stand silently in the woods, your breath and heartbeat the only sounds? Or are you trying to remember that which some call God, the overwhelming mystery of life itself that sweeps you up in wonder and awe? You're trying to remember something too important to forget. What is it? The poet continues. When someone you haven't seen in ten years appears at the door, don't start singing him all your new songs. You will never catch up. Walk around feeling like a leaf. Know you could tumble any second. Then decide. Then decide what to do with your time. Sunday after Sunday in our cycle of life, we often hear about some of the leaves that have fallen or have loosened from the tree. And if we are paying attention, we are reminded in a deep way that we too could tumble at any second. Life plays no favorites. It is short and precious, and sooner or later we will all lie down in the grave. Death will befriend, will know all of us. It is this reality that drives the poet to say, imagine tumbling at any second, then decide what to do with your time. So I understand the desire to not be known, 
to dig into your own life with intention and purpose, to remember things that help you know yourself and your place in the world, remembering birth and death, love shared and too often withheld, moments of great meaning and despair and the hope you have for the future. I understand the desire to not be known. But I wonder. I wonder if we can only go so low for so long. I wonder if the poet left something out of this poem. I wonder if at that place where we are trying to remember things too important to forget, that place where we honestly face the knowledge of our own death, and come in contact with that greater mystery that surrounds us, our face-to-face with that mystery. I wonder if that there, more than anywhere else, we must be known. We must lean into and trust someone or something greater than ourselves. I I wonder if when we remember things too important to forget that they must be shared with a friend, named out loud as religious experience, as insight, as poetry, as epiphany, as a vision of justice and love, a vision of how the world could be despite death and pain and loss. In that place of deep remembering, I would suggest to you that the great friend is most present, that the great friend resides in that place of things too important to forget. In those moments, if we listen closely, I wonder if we might hear the great friend asking us, don't I know you? Lean into those great friend moments and share and confess your holy memories and insights. Let yourself be known by the great friend and find connection and strength and joy. See your precious life and its meaning in the larger framework of life and its fulfillment. And don't worry. You don't have to lean in to the great friend when you're at that moment. You don't have to believe in the great friend. But I do think that when you hit that existential place of deep memory and ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you need to lean into someone to be known by someone. In that moment, you must take the risk to lean into a friend or a friend to be someone who can meet you in the place you're at and remember with you to help ground your life in meaning and purpose to help liberate you. We need to be known. It's risky. Yes, it's risky business. But today, I invite you to risk being known, to risk leaning into a good friend, to risk leaning into the great friend, to risk going deep 
and to emerge with a stronger hold on this precious gift that we call life. May it be so. And amen. Will you pray with me for just a minute? We carry so much. Hopes, broken dreams, deep grief. May we, with gentle care and wisdom, let ourselves be known. So the grief is lessened, the hope shared, our spirits renewed. Amen.